0: Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. He had been quarrelling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manine, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had prayed and fasted, they placed their hands on them and sent them off.
1: This morning we're continuing to look at... Acts, and we're finishing off one part and begin, beginning another part of the story. It really is a passage of two halves that we've already heard this morning. Have you ever been to a meeting, um, perhaps a class in school or university, and you've um, finished one topic and then moving on to something quite different? And that's kind of what's going on in um, the readings that we have heard. As much as they are from a joined-up piece of Acts, we are um, finishing off one part and starting another. It is a bit like that in today's passage. We're going to look at both parts and looking at it with um, lots of words all um, being joined together by the letter C. This week, when I was um, on Facebook, I saw a quote that had been shared by um, Pete Gregg, who's written The Prayer Course and lots of other um, books. And it was a quote from a lady called Dorothy Sayers from her book, Why Work? And it says, The church's approach to an intelligent carpenter is usually confined to exhorting him not to be drunk and disorderly in his leisure hours and to come to church on Sundays. What the church should be telling him is this that the very first demand his religion makes upon him is that he should make good tables. So in a way, we've got our first C. It's an extra one, but it will do for carpenter. And we'll come back to that in a little while. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have given us your word to speak to us. Would you, um, through your Holy Spirit, reveal more of you, Remove, rem, reveal more of your plan for us and your love for us today as we look at this passage together. Amen. So the first proper C is for conclusion. And we've got that the, um, the final verses of chapter 12 conclude the first half of Acts Um, And in some Bibles, when chapter 13 um, starts, it talks about um, it being sort of part B of Acts and looking at the missionary journeys that are going further afield. This concluding section um, has got some uh, odd bits in it, let's be honest. Um, The point when we hear that Herod is eaten by worms, but we're not going to get too distracted by that. Kai last week um, talked to us quite a little bit about the background of Herod and he wasn't a particularly friendly person. Um, The people from Tyre and Sidon, um, they'd been quarrelling between them and consequently um, these people were trying to sweet talk him because it was important for them that they had access to the food that they needed. So they'd got um, access to King Herod um, from somebody who was kind of close to him, one of his assistants, and they'd got this audience with him. And they were, um, they were really keen to sort of be, um, well, sort of, yeah, sweet-talking him. They were saying, it's the voice of a god, not of a man. And we've heard um, in previous passages where things like this have been said and what's happened. So um, if you were with us a few weeks ago, Cornelius um, bowed down and started to worship at Peter's feet. And Peter immediately said to him, no, 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 get up. I'm just a man like you. Like we don't worship other human beings. But Herod in this instance, I get the impression that he was kind of enjoying this. He was kind of having a whale of a time. He quite liked the people um, giving him this level of sort of worship and this level of respect. And that wasn't how it was supposed to be. And so as a consequence, we hear that because Herod did not give the praise to God, because he didn't give the glory to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down. It's quite... It's quite extreme, isn't it? It's quite a hard thing to hear. But immediately going on from that, the very next verse, after we hear about the worms, the very next verse says, but the word of God continued to increase and spread. And already um, through Acts, and we will see it to come as well, there are instances where there are um, challenges, there are issues. But despite what's happening... The word of the Lord spreads and God's message of good news goes out. So when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission that they were doing um, in Jerusalem, they took with them um, John Mark and they went up to Antioch. And so Jerusalem's quite a long way down if you're looking at a map um, of Israel and Antioch is kind of up in what we would know as Syria. So it's quite a way away. And so it's now at the beginning of chapter 13 that we are in Antioch. And here we come to our second see, and that's for context. And it was as they were worshipping and fasting, I think we can assume that there was um, an element of prayer in there. It was as they were, um, as they were coming before God, the revelation came to them. And we see that another sea that change, that prayer changes things. That context, that attitude of prayer and worship was bringing them closer to God. And it was giving a way for um, them to be listening um, to the Holy Spirit. They were aware of what the Holy Spirit was saying to them. And we hear that the Holy Spirit spoke to them and told them to set aside Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them so it was from a context um, of worship and fasting that this calling was revealed to them Um, I'm part of a clergy couple, my husband is also ordained and a few months ago we moved, um, not too far that I moved from Abbot, I'm obviously still with you um, but the churches that Alan serves we, were changed and he moved roles. And there is a cost when, um, when leaders um, move churches. There's a cost on an individual level for the people involved because you're embedded in that community. And it would have been no different for Barnabas and for Saul. And there's a cost to that community as well. Um, I imagine that they were... Um, loved and well respected um, in that community and so people probably would have been quite sad to see them go it's interesting within that that there's no discussion there's no oh are you sure Um, really do we have to let them go do we have to go Um, so whether this was something that they were already aware of and that this was confirmation of the time was now we're not told that but There is always a cost to being called by God. That's not to say it's not full of joy and um, encouragement. And it's the best place to be if you're doing what God is calling you to do. But there is a cost. And they continued. They continued um, in their worship, in their fasting. It wasn't that they had found out what they were supposed to be doing. And then they kind of stopped doing, stopped what they'd been doing. Um, and started down a different route. They continued to do that. And then they were commissioned. They were set, aside, set apart by God for this particular work. And they, um, the believers around them laid hands on them and sent them off on their way. Quite a lot has happened in just these few verses. So in a few minutes, we will hear how we can um, apply this to our lives. We can look at some of the challenges that, as um, another see, that Paul and Barnabas's experience in just a little tiny amount of time can help us see how we should be doing life and are there some lessons that we can take from it. So after a time of some worship, we'll come back together. I'm going to start this part of the talk with a question for you. Has God placed a specific call on your life? Do you know if there's something that God is calling you to do here and now? Paul and Barnabas had been commissioned. They had been set apart to basically be what we would see as overseas missionaries. They were going out on a journey away from um, the locality that they had been living in and ministering beforehand. They were going away from the local area and they were going with the purpose of sharing the good news of the gospel. So we're going to have a time of looking at some things as to how we can apply those um, seas that we've been looking at for us and now. You'll probably be reassured if you're anything like me that I'm not gonna spend the next few minutes telling you to leave everything and go overseas and be an overseas missionary, don't worry. However, if God is calling you to do that, I'd encourage you to engage um, and do something about it. But there is a call on all of our lives and there might be really specific things that are um, unique for individuals as well. If you um, watch the evening service, the 6, last week Liz was talking to us and she talked about how we're all called to share the good news. But we're not necessarily called to share that abroad. Much of that is within our communities, within our families, within our networks. And so much of the Christian life, the context is prayer and worship And possibly fasting. It's something that um, some Christians do as a way of kind of getting rid of some of the distractions and um, being a bit more focused. It works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. But it's something that it might be worth um, having a look into and seeing if it's something that would help you. But the context of um, the basis for a faith life, our faith life, of spending time with God in prayer and worship and fellowship, um, possibly fasting. It's the context that underpins the Christian life. And it's something that um, ideally would continue through our Christian life. We wouldn't um, stop it when we've sort of got to the point where we think, "Okay, I know what I'm doing now. I don't need to ever do that because it's the basis for our relationship with God that's a relationship that daily evolves. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't suddenly turn around to your spouse or your child and say, oh, I've, I've done with talking to you. I don't need to do that anymore. Or at least it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the ideal way of kind of keeping a relationship going. And those things um, equip us to listen to God They give us the time and the space to um, enable the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And obviously the Holy Spirit can speak to us however and whenever. But are we always listening? And do we always have enough headspace to hear? We we are changed when we um, spend time with God to be more like Jesus. And I think from that place it's much easier to find out what we are called to do, if there's something specific that we're called to do. We are all called to be more like Jesus, and it's something that we can do when we spend time in prayer and worship and fellowship, when we read the Bible, and find out more about Jesus and how we can do that. But if there is a specific calling on our life, may be different for um, each one of us and it might be different at different times during our lives. We see at the beginning of um, chapter 13 that they're talking about the prophets and the teachers. But elsewhere in the New Testament we hear about other ministries, um, people who are called to be um, encouragement people to one another, people who are called to give, people who are called to serve in different ways. We hear about people who um earlier in Acts were um part of a ministry of um of feeding people, making sure that nobody went hungry. There's all sorts of different things that um that we can be called to do. For some of you it might be that you're at this point in life called to be a full-time parent. Um, or a full-time carer. At the moment, I believe that I'm called to be involved in church leadership. Um, And within within that, I think I'm finding a a sort of more of a calling towards working with students. And sometimes um, God works like that. There might be something that we are doing that we realize that we've got a real heart and passion for. And that that is how the call gets put on our lives. And it might be that um, at other points in life, I might end up being a full-time vicar's wife. And um, from some people I know, that's a definite option for um, a calling that people um, are called to do. Different things, different times in life, different um, callings. But do we listen enough to the Holy Spirit to find out what the calling is in addition being more like Jesus in addition to sharing Jesus and for some ministries and callings there's a specific point of commissioning or sending out others not so much so when I was ordained deacon um, it was the first time I wore a dog collar Um, we had a service in the cathedral back in the day when you could gather with unrestricted numbers and you wouldn't have to worry about being so close to one another And that is particularly important perhaps if you're going to do something very different or you're going to do something um, that is perhaps particularly challenging, perhaps particularly costly, um, perhaps something that's a bit different from normal life. But it's no better or worse a calling than all the other things that God calls us to do. But there is there are costs and there are challenges to each and every calling. One of um, my favourite quotes that came up many times during the discernment process when um, I was looking at vacation and going through the process before training for ordination was that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. That doesn't remove the cost or the challenge But it does give the reassurance that we need, the encouragement that God is with us and that God is bigger than all the challenges. So let's go back to that carpenter quote that I gave you at the beginning. For many people, our calling may well be doing what we do. Nine till five, Monday to Friday, that pays the bills it might be something completely different. And it might be that God is calling you into something new. But we're called to show people Jesus' love while we're doing life, as we go. And so if you're a full-time carpenter, you are called to work at that as if you are working for Jesus and to show people God's love through what you are doing. We're called to be the best we can be in our context for the time that we are currently in. What really reassures me about calling and about the way that God leads us is that he is with us at all times. He doesn't sort of push us off the end of a diving board um, and we have to wait and see whether or not there's any water in the swimming pool. The words of a song by Ben Cantillon really came to mind when I was looking at this. You go before me, you're there beside me. God doesn't leave us on our own once we're called. He is right there leading us, going before us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the example of Paul and Barnabas. Thank you for the encouragement and the lessons that we can learn from them. And right now, wherever we are, whether we are on our own, whether we're with other people, whether we're um, in a really noisy, chaotic environment, perhaps there are children running around, perhaps, perhaps there's kind of pans clattering in the background, or perhaps there is quiet. Holy Spirit, would you come and reveal to each one of us if there's something that you want to place on our hearts? A calling that perhaps we aren't already aware of perhaps it's something that we have been aware of but we've pushed to one side for whatever reason holy spirit would you come and fan into flame would you help us to listen And respond to your voice. Thank you that you don't only call the equipped. But that you go before us. You equip us to do what you have called us to do. And you are there beside us. Amen.